Welcome to Slophouse Ramblings with your host, Dave Crum. Hey, uh, this is the Slophouse Ramblings. There's a saying here at the Slophouse is uh, when you pull up to the trough, you never know what you're going to get. And uh, today I've got a, uh, a longtime friend, a uh, guy that has been probably closer to me than a brother at times. And um, we spent a lot of time together. And he is actually a co he is the host of the Well Dad Gun podcast. And uh, his name is Josh Williams. Josh, it's good that you're here with us today. Well, Dad Gum, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> going great. Uh, so I just wanted to uh, get Josh on. Uh, the Slop House Ramblings and uh, talk about him for a little bit. He's been real inspirational in uh, me starting this podcast uh, and uh, he's been one of my biggest cheerleaders and I probably aggravated him to death on questions and so forth. Between him and my wife, uh, I've uh, started doing it and recorded an episode earlier today with uh, my son and hopefully going to get it out there too. But uh, Josh, I'm, I'm thankful for all your help and glad you're here to uh, with me sure today. enough man glad to be a part of it yeah. and um, we've got stories on one another we can tell i think uh, from the time we were probably in kindergarten until uh we was out of high school a few years that uh, uh we we've done a lot of stupid stuff together and uh yeah and, that's and, a probably an understatement <laughs> <laughs> an understatement yeah and uh but uh josh is uh he's doing real well with the well day gun podcast and uh to me, it, it uh, I was just telling him earlier when we was talking that it, it's been a stress reliever for me uh, and uh, how that it uh, has helped me to uh, kind of calm down thinking about ideas and things to do on the podcast. But uh, I wanted this podcast, just, you never know what you're going to get when you tune in. You don't know if you're going to get a story from Josh or, or, or talk with a teenager. And uh, that's, that's why I say when you pull up to the trough here at the Slop House, you never know what you're going to get. So, uh, Josh, um, what, uh, tell us a little bit about what life's been, uh, doing for you lately. Well, um, like Dave was saying, uh, I've got the podcast, the Well Gum podcast. We've been keeping up with it and, and just keeping it rolling, uh, for about a little over a year now or so, uh, about 70 or so episodes. But, uh, but other than that, uh, keeping up with my kids, man. Uh, living that stay-at-home dad life, it's uh, been pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, I, and uh, when I was talking to you, I, I wanted to expand on the stay-at-home dad uh, story here. Uh, mm-hmm. Where we're from, you know, we're from the, the hills of eastern Kentucky, right here in the heart of Appalachia. Appalachia is what we call it. Appalachia is what they call it outside of here. But, um, you know, and you always want to provide the man is the the manly man that provides for the family and the, the, the lady is supposed to stay home and take care of the children. And, uh, I wanted to expand on that a little bit with you tonight. And, and yeah, man. I believe in today's society, it's a, if uh, both parents are not working, then, you know, sometimes it's uh, you're in your role where the dad has to step in and be the caregiver to the children. And I think that's great. Uh, so I wanted to just talk to you a little bit about that tonight, let you share your, uh, thoughts about it and uh what i've got some questions i want to talk to you about and uh and uh, if if someone is at home and they're wrestling with the idea of thinking about man i can't do this 
um, my buddies is going to make fun of me, or they're, they're not going to think that I'm the manly man. You got any pointers that you could give us? Well, sure, man. Um, now, Dave, knowing me, uh, he knows all the different things I've been into in life, all the different jobs I've held or the different positions I've been in. And uh, and I would say most people would say I'm a manly man, uh, bald-headed and bearded, uh, always got a different kind of facial hair to give, keep people guessing about what my face is going to look like every day. Um, but I've been a coal miner. I've been a utility worker out digging holes every God-given hour of the night. <laughs> I've, uh, but I've also done office work and been a tech guy. I've uh, been a youth pastor. I've been, oh, mercy, I'm trying to think of all the different things that I have done. I've worked in restaurants and stuff. Um, but every time I bring it up, I do tell people, well, I used to be a coal miner because that sounds the manliest of the manly uh, when you bring it up to different people from out of town. And uh, I said, yeah, I went from a coal miner to a stay-at-home dad. And uh, people uh, people kind of give that a funny look, and that's kind of why I say it, so it gets a little attention uh, to the conversation. or It's kind of a good icebreaker, uh, as if it were. And um, But, yeah, it was a big transition. Um, the, the biggest part about it, uh, the wife sometimes wonders if I'm going stir-crazy or not, and I love it. I absolutely love being home with the kids. Uh, uh, turned into a homebody. I love doing stuff around the house, and it's not that big of a deal for me to not leave the house for a month, <laughs> <laughs> except for going to the grocery store and stuff. But when I was a little boy, uh, my mom and them were sitting around with my grandma and my grandpa, and they said, Josh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to do what Paul Ralph does. And they said, oh, honey, he's retired. And I said, yep, that's what I want to do. <laughs> and they laughed and thought that was hilarious. And lo and behold, I pulled it off. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you've, uh, you've struck it right, I guess you should say. But, uh, but, uh, but no, uh, you, you said that, and the reason why I wanted to talk to you about this and just kind of expand on it a little bit is I listen to your podcast a lot and I've, I've heard, you Appreciate on, it. heard you on other shows and, uh, and, the, you know, one of the first things I hear you say is I'm a stay-at-home dad, like you're having to let people know, you know, you're a stay-at-home dad. And then you, you and I want to expand on that and give you your opportunity to talk about that and, and you know, embrace it. You know, it's, it's yeah. who you are right now at this time. And you're talking about all the jobs you've held. I guess you're a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. So uh, <laughs> that's the way I am. You know, you can do a little bit of everything, done a little bit of everything, but um, – so I wanted to give you your shout out here today and, and tell you that I kind of envy you in a way, but I don't know if I could do it. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you about it a little bit, but um, have you, I know you said you love it, but is there times that you've regretted the decision to be the stay at home dad? You know, um, we're going on uh, about three years of me doing this now. Uh, the little boy's three years old. The little girl's going to be two on St. Patrick's day. And uh, so it's been around about, he was born, the first boy was born before I, we decided to do this because it was just more cost effective for me to watch them than to me make enough money just to barely pay childcare. And so it was like, yeah, this, this is the right step to go. And honestly, for the first two years, I never had a regret about it. It was just, it was what I was doing. I was, you know, I was not praised for it, but I was patted on the back enough to say, you know, way to go. Like this is a, this is, 
I guess, like you said, we're so used to people, the man being the, the earner or the, the bacon bringer <laughs> that, uh, that people see that and they, they saw it as an admirable thing. And so it made it easy to get through it. Cause people were just like, man, I don't know how you do it. Way to go. This is awesome. I'm glad you're doing this. It means a lot for these kids and their lives. And, uh, but then once that two year, year mark hit, it started to kind of get me. It, it started to feel as though I wasn't contributing uh, in the way I needed to. I guess a psychological pull was hitting at me of, of, of seeing my wife making the money and seeing that as her money. And I'm just here to take care of the kids, you know, until they get big enough to go to school kind of thing. And, and so I went through a little bit of uh, a hard thought process in myself and, and eventually I broke down and kind of brought it up to my wife and we, we sat down and talked about it. We had our little own in-house therapy session of, of me just saying, you know, I feel like I'm not contributing and it's, it's starting to get to me. And, and luckily around that time we were working with uh, fixing up our finances with this whole Dave Ramsey uh, debt forgiveness thing, paying off all your debt and stuff. And so she, she ended up giving me an allowance <laughs> that uh, that made me feel like I was getting a little bit of a paycheck. So we, we rigged it up and she's like, here's your fund money for the month. And I was like, that's not a lot, but it's more than I was getting before. So it makes me feel like, you know, like giving a kid an allowance. It, it really is what it is. <laughs> So that's my little bit of fun money that I generally use for other people most of the time, uh, getting them a gift or something like that. But because I, I don't shop a lot, I don't go out and buy clothes. I don't. I really don't even go out and buy tools or anything. I mean, I just kind of am content until something comes across my eye. But but yeah, there was a hard time. There was a hard time dealing with it at one point in, in my life where uh, it just took a little bit to get over that little molehill and. I feel a lot better about it now, but I am looking forward to one day possibly getting back into the job force uh, and getting out there and, and doing something productive in the community, you know, paying taxes and all that stuff. And, and as soon as I get to thinking about that, she starts talking about wanting to have another kid. So, so instead of double, <laughs> doubling your workload, you're going to triple, maybe quadruple, quadruple your workload. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Maybe signing like another 18 year contract type deal, <laughs> you know, <laughs> All like expense, a bonus all expense paid uh, you know so, yeah uh, yeah no uh, <laughs> i understand where you're going there about you know the psychological part and and uh, and then you you know the interaction part would be hard for me um and i know yeah. you've got your kids there but uh, i don't go to work just because uh it's it's i have fun i ain't gonna lie we have fun at work but yeah. you don't i don't get up every morning and go just because uh it's great but the people there is what makes it great. The interaction, I love to interact. I love to talk. Um, so the interaction for me would be probably my hardest uh, thing to uh, that would make me regret my decision is the interaction that I have on a daily basis with the men that I work with. So uh, right. how have you how have you adapted to uh, your interaction with you know where you're with your kids all day and you know you're not at at a job where you may have a buddy that you you hang with or talk to and stuff. So, yeah. Now living, uh, I moved up here to, around the Cincinnati area, uh, the Kentucky side of Cincinnati, uh, just across the river. But like when I moved up here, I moved up here because I knew some people up here. So I've got a, a small knit group of friends up here 
um, that I don't do a whole lot with, but we try to talk to each other at least once a week, somehow texting and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that does take its toll sometimes. Uh, like I said, I've become a homebody to where it doesn't bother me that much, but if anyone knows me from my younger years, I was kind of a social butterfly that was always running around somewhere, traveling somewhere, seeing people, being the center of attention if I could. And, um, so yeah, it was a huge transition to, or what I referred to it as being back in Martin County is I was a big fish in a small pond and then I came up to the city and I became a, a small fish in a, in an ocean. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I think it was more of the moving from the towns that was the bigger shock than actually uh, becoming a homebody. The homebody part didn't bother me so much because I can reach out to people I need to reach out to. Where uh, the Well Dead Gun podcast, that comes in hand, handy that way because I get to I have a reason to try to interact with new people, yeah. uh, to call them up, to have them call in for the show or to have somebody come into the studio here at the house. So... So yeah, it's you know it's a give and take, but uh, it's not it's not been too hard for me. I'm a little bit of a weirdo, so uh, all the things you would think would be normally hard to do, it's not that they're easy for me. I'm just too dumb to realize they suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, the the biggest the biggest thing for you was from leaving Martin County to uh, Northern Kentucky was the culture shock, really, of of uh, a large population. I guess is what you're saying. So yeah. you didn't have, I guess you went in up there and didn't have a whole lot of friends. I know you've got Matt and all of them that you still interact with and stuff. Um, yeah. I hear Matt on the podcast quite a bit. And uh, if he ever listens, congratulations, Matt, for your doctorate you got there. But, uh, mm -hmm. but, uh, but, you know, so um, what's the, what has been the hardest part? I mean, I know there's something that, that you hate to do with a passion of being the stay-at-home dad. What has been the hardest part for you of that? Uh, trying to think of the hardest part about it. I mean, you could say dirty diapers. You could say this past week of everybody having the stomach virus and just throwing up on everything in the house. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know that there's so much a hard part about it, man. Um, if you talk to a stay-at-home mom from back home, I mean, there's so much joy and seeing your child just do day-to-day -day things. I mean, I can get annoyed and I can yell and I can get frustrated and just say, I don't care, do whatever you want, trying to stop them from doing something that's going to hurt them. And it's like, all right, jump off the couch, whatever. <laughs> get fed up. But there's really, I mean, there's not too much about it besides uh, just not feeling like you're contributing, but you have to remember that, molding their minds and doing all the stuff you do with them is contributing in a huge factor. So it's all in the decision if you're going to be, uh, and I don't want it to sound bad, but if you're going to be a good dad as a stay at home dad, you know, you got to spend time with them and you got to contribute to their life in a way that's uh, going to be conducive to them being good people, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so I wouldn't say there's anything too bad. There's nothing too hard about it. Nothing too bad. No. Nah. What, um, have you had any I get, milk? I get to sit around on the couch all day, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure with two toddlers, I, I'm sure preschoolers are, I'm sure it's that. Um, have you had any male friends that ever judge you that, that's actually come out and kind of kind of hurt your feelings over, over this decision that you and Ke uh, Kelly have made of you being the, the caregiver to the children? 
Um, there's always jokes to be made. Um, people, um, but generally it's more of a, a jealousy, um, oh, that other people are. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I bring it up amongst my guy friends, they might try to hate on me, but I just laugh in their face and say, dude, I get to stay home all day. Like I, I play a lot of call of duty. I don't neglect the children because I have to make sure that they're well-fed and taking a good nap before I do that or in bed for the night before I play. But I mean, I, you know, I get to be around fixing all the little problems at the house, uh, fixing the HVAC unit or the hot water heater or building a, a shelf or hanging pictures and painting and without having to leave and go do something else. You know, yeah. I can focus on a job at the house and really put my heart into it. So yeah, it's like I said, it's more jealousy for my buddies as as opposed to hate or uh, or mocking. <laughs> yeah. um, and that, really, there's no right or wrong. I told you I had some questions and stuff that I was going to ask you, but there's no right or wrong. It's just your opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you're you're you've always been a unique person. You really have. Um, Appreciate that. I think. From, yeah, I mean, I mean it. In the, I mean it in the greatest kind of way. I don't mean it in a. <laughs> Um, you've been you, you've been Josh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it wasn't one to really try to fit in with the crowd. You were just, just yourself, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. I admire that about you, but, but now that you're the, uh, and you know, you've, you've talked about all these other jobs you've had and everything. Um, and you learn, you learn about yourself when you do these jobs and, and things. So what is one thing that you have learned about yourself, uh, by becoming the stay at home dad? Uh, I'm trying to, I was trying to think about that. I know you, you sent me that question beforehand and I've really been racking my brain about it to, to see what I've discovered in myself, uh, that I didn't think was a thing because like I said, or I didn't say before, I guess, but when me and my wife met, uh, it's been six, seven years ago now, uh, we, I asked her what she wanted. Uh, we were dating, we started dating within the first couple of weeks of me moving up here. And, um, I said, what do you want? And she says, well, I want a family. She just straight up was like, I want kids and I want a family. Can you do that? And I was like, I have all the equipment to give you what you want. (laughs) We can sure try this. (laughs) And so from the very get go, it was, you know, it was, we were, I was 30 ish i'm 36 now so yeah i was around 30 years old when i first moved up here maybe 31 and uh and we had already lived our life she had traveled the world to to africa and you know all the europe and all these different places and i had done the same i had traveled and did mission work and and we both had lived our lives and and had a full fun time and it was like okay now we're ready to do this kind of thing and uh, we had dodged all the bullets of other relationships over the past, you know, not that they were wrong or bad, but we really feel like God put us together at the perfect time in life. And if, and if we bring it up, she, she always says, if I'd have met you at any other time in life, I would have never looked at you a second glance. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I totally understand that. I was like, yeah, I, after knowing you, I understand you would have never thought of me the second time. Um, and we met at the perfect time and it it all fell together. And so really to find anything new, uh, I guess just my tolerance threshold 
would be about the only thing that I've discovered that I, I have a little less uh, lacking. I used to have a pretty high tolerance for people being stupid, but when it comes to toddlers that you can't explain to them how to do something and they just say, why or no. And I'm <laughs> yes, like, Oh, yes. you can't. Yeah. That's, that was Ben's episode on the podcast. Yeah. So, wow. so when you can't rationalize with these children, that's the hardest part for me to realize about myself that I have to step back and say, Oh yeah, I'm trying to, I try to explain it to them like an adult. So if they do something, I'll stop and I'll say, okay, stop crying. Stop. Let's take a deep breath. Now, do you know why I stopped you from running with scissors? <laughs> and they'll be like, no. And I try to explain it to them in an adult way and then realize, oh yeah, they're not going to understand this at all. Yeah. They're not going to I, yeah. <laughs> I just have to smack them on the butt and say, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's, it's realizing to stop trying to treat them like adults and, and let them be kids is a bigger part too. <laughs> so, so your, uh, your patience level, you know, is you've learned a little bit about it, how to control it and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have a high, a high tolerance for, for, uh, for people. And then when it become toddlers, it, my patience really wore thinner. And, uh, so I've learned, learned that about myself that I, and, and I think that's, it, co- it coincides with, like you say, and wanting to be around people. So when you interact with all these different people, you get to vent or, uh, get rid of that emotion that you have pent up inside of you. So when you're stuck all day with that same toddler that doesn't understand rational thoughts so much, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> you, uh, you said there that you know, when you and Kelly first met that, you know, she said if you hadn't been met at the same time, um, she'd probably never gave you the second chance. And that leads me into this. I've got two more questions for you and then we'll move on to something else here. Okay. Um, how do you think, um, how do you think, has your relationship with her changed at any point since she, uh, she's working full time and you're, you're at the home full time. Has that changed your relationship or has it made it better? Made it worse? How's it, how do you feel like it's, uh, We'll have to be careful because she may listen. So, <laughs> so. Uh, she's already quit listening to mine, so I, know okay. I can get away with a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would say honestly um, that it's made us grow closer. Um, I, I feel and it's a little weird to say that, I guess, but it's made us uh, be able to appreciate each other more uh, because when I was working full time at the at a university to here nearby as a tech guy basically i worked in the evening shift taking care of people's computers setting up conference rooms for the next day but uh as i was doing that we didn't we didn't get to see each other a ton and so when we did get to see each other we we're trying to cram everything we could into that evening or that time we had with each other um so now being able to prepare meals or being able to clean the house uh being able just to to be here with my thoughts and be able to like uh, hash things out that we're dealing with, with myself or give someone a call so I can be more prepared when she gets home to, we can deal with things as opposed to blowing up and having a fight about something because she'll go some, some streaks for a month long where she'll have maybe three days off in a month and just working long hours, working, you know, seven days a week. And so it, it helps that I can be here to keep things in order so that when she comes home late in the evening and just wants to eat and go to bed, that she doesn't have to worry about things. So it, it takes a little bit of stress off. So 
honestly, I, I do think that we've we've grown closer uh, through me doing this part, even though it's been it's had its hard moments of questioning whether or not I should do it or get a job. And because with you being especially there, with you being there now, you uh, you've got your time where as you was working, there was probably times that you didn't get to uh, see one another much. At all. Right, uh, and I know how that is. You know, me and me and my wife both work, and I work long hours, and you know, there's stretches I work uh, seven, twelve, fourteen days straight before I have a day off, and I yeah. get up, I get up at like four thirty in the morning, and I leave the house, and I don't get home till seven or eight or nine, just depending on what's going yeah. on. So I, I understand what you're saying there of how you being home and her coming home, you've 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 got that time to kind of uh, mingle with one another and. Right. So, Elijah's growing closer. I understand that. But I'll be honest with you. Uh, I envy you. And uh, when I was thinking about this episode and recording and, and what to talk to you about on it, uh, my my Facebook memories the other day popped up. And it was uh, some pictures that I had shared of Tate like seven years ago. And he was like uh, two years old, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, man, it just hit me hard. It hit me like a ton of brick because I wasn't around a whole lot. You know, I was yeah. dad and I was providing and I was home when I could be, but there's a lot of things that I missed out on uh, that yeah. I didn't get to see. And, and I told Ange, I was, I was like, Ange, I don't have a whole lot of memories of him at that age. You know, just looking at these pictures, I remember, I knew who it is and I remember a few little things, but it's not like I have a whole lot of memories like you'll have of your right. two, two kids of being home with them. So I kind of envy you in a way, and and I'm a little jealous. So I might I might give you a rough way to go every now and then. About that, that's so. all right. I, I appreciate it. I can still throw it back. And remind <laughs> you that I'm still sitting at home playing Call of Duty most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you were playing Fortnite for a while. I'd see you share one. Oh, when you, when you won the won the Fortnite the tournament or mm-hmm. something there. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I, I'm. Uh, any, any last comments you have about the stay at home dad part? You'd like to just share with someone that uh, may be on the verge of doing it or wrestling with the thought of staying home. Yeah. um, I mean, if the means are there to make it happen, I encourage you to do it. Uh, Break that mold that we've all grown up with. Of You know, it's always the mom cooking and cleaning and staying at home and taking care of the babies. It's that maternal instinct and all that different stuff. Uh, we're in a different age where people are zimzer zips and stuff, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> and so a, a dad staying at home and taking care of the kids ain't that much different. You know, it's, it's beneficial in many ways. It's good. Um, the bigger part of nowadays is that, uh, both parents can be involved in the kids' lives. I know a lot of, a lot of people don't have uh, a mother or father, or some of them have two dads and some of them have three moms and I don't know there's crazy stuff nowadays yeah but uh if you have the opportunity and it's, and it's available to you I encourage you to be a stay-at-home dad um you know I, I plan on when the kids get to school I plan on doing little jobs to make some extra money just to help pay off all that that student debt that my wife has uh, <laughs> but but for now you know it's it's really enjoyable to be around to take them to school um, like I said, I'm a beardy, a beardy bald feller and look kind of rough sometimes. And people kind of wonder if I'm picking my kid up from school or trying to get somebody else's kid to get in a van. <laughs> uh, but so it takes some people a little while to get adjusted to the concept of like, Oh, Hey, yeah, I'm the one going to the PTA meetings and I'm the one bringing in the, the vegetable tray for the, the dinner that they're having or, you know what I mean? Like 
by the way, I'm, I'm a pretty good cook now. I never had to cook that much before, but now I'm, uh, I've actually been, I've actually been patted on the back a few times about how good of a cook I've become, uh, becoming a stay at home dad. So it, it'll culture you a little bit on uh, what paprika does. <laughs> so, uh, that, I wasn't going to ask this, but you know, since you say you're the one and you get the looks, uh, and you're taking the vegetable trays in into the PTA meetings. Have you got any uh, funny interactions or looks from uh, moms that are the stay-at-home moms that's looking at you with your bald head, beardy face uh, <laughs> dad here coming in carrying the vegetable tray? <laughs> um, I, I feel like I get more looks than I actually do. It's more of avoidance. Um, <laughs> it, it's hard to avoid my kids cause they're so daggone cute and they say the goofiest things and are just like little social butterflies. They want to talk to everybody and say, hi, my name's so-and-so, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so they, they love to interact with the kids. And so it is a little hard when I really grow my beard out pretty long that they, uh, cause I don't dress up. I don't wear ties and a suit or anything. I'm usually in sweatpants or something. And uh, I guess I'm gonna have to start wearing yoga pants and workout clothes <laughs> like the like the moms do or something. Yeah. But yeah, that'd um, be oh my, <laughs> that'd be pretty bad. But the the worst incident I've had so far was uh, my son fell and uh, he got a little bit of a black eye, and uh, I took him to school and dropped him off and left to go home. Well, when I come back, uh, my daughter had fallen and hurt her face and had a little bruise on her cheek. And so I come in and uh, they're looking at my boy and they're looking at my girl and they're like, so is everything okay? They, <laughs> they started questioning uh, my parenting skills a little bit. And I was like, no, he's an idiot. He ran into a tree and like, yeah. and she fell into a doorknob now. But uh. <laughs> I, I guess it's a, a good thing that they're like that. But I can remember uh, Tate was about four years old and we, we camp. Uh, we don't camp like you all do. We glampers, I guess. Yeah. And uh, we got a camper and stuff. So we camped. And he was about four years old. And he just learned to ride his bike without the training wheels and everything. Oh, here, yeah. Yeah, here he goes. It's uh, on a Sunday morning. And uh, here he goes down the campground road, just pedaling away. And I see it coming. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. He just crashes. And uh, his mom screams and takes off running toward him. And, uh, I get down there and she picks him up. And his thumb is actually turned backwards, touching his oh, touching his no. wrist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we uh, we go down to the ER, take take him out to the ER, and uh, when we're you know he's old enough to talk, and uh, we're there, and uh, the charge nurse, I guess, or whatever, is questioning him. You know what what happened? I said we wrecked his bike, and uh, I said uh, he landed funny on his hand, and and she said, uh, Dad. He has to answer this question. You cannot answer it for him. Like I broke his hand or something, you know, and that's, yeah. I, yeah. I, but I guess it's good they're that way. But when you're, you know, you're good to your kids and stuff, you kind of get irritated about stuff like that. So, right. Well, yeah, there's so much, there's so many crappy people in the world. That's just a, a protocol that, you know, it's not to be offensive. Like, Hey, we just have to ask this because there's cases where spouses or kids are, are terrified to say anything. And so, they try to get the honest answers out of them before they can be coached on what to say. So yeah, I totally get yeah. you on that. Though. Yeah. It, yeah. It was like, he has to be the one to answer this. I'm thinking he's four years old. So <laughs> he could lie to you and say an alligator bit his hand. Yeah. Know. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, let's, uh, you have any funny stories you'd like to tell? 
Oh man, uh, I, the funniest one in going into being a stay-at-home dad and stuff like that. The funniest one I've had to share because uh, I grew up being around kids and stuff, but I never had to change diapers a lot. And I'm sure every dad or every mom's got a good diaper story. But my best one I've ever had was we went to Louisville to visit some of my wife's friends. Uh, they were having a birthday party for their kid. And uh, so we brought our little boy who was uh, maybe a year old, something like that. He was walking a little bit, but he still wasn't very agile. And uh, so my wife, she got him some Oshkosh Pagosh uh, bibbed overalls. <laughs> and I, I used to love those. I wore them all the time as a kid. And, and they used to call me Oshkosh Pagosh. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but my little boy had these on and we're having a good time and, you know, I still hadn't, I really just kind of started being the stay at home dad thing. It was fresh. I didn't really know what I was doing. And my wife's talking to somebody else and everything's going on. And I was like, Oh no, he's, he's got a stinky diaper. So I was like, I'm just going to take him uh, and change him somewhere. There's like a, take him into our kid's room. We have a little changing table. It'll be fine. I take him in, I lay him down, and I start to try to undo his bibs, which they were buttoned up from the bottom as well, so they weren't just bibs from the top. And So I unbuttoned the bottom a little bit, and I was like, oh, it soaked through his pants a little bit. I'm going to have to figure out what's going on. And the kid had poop, man, <laughs> up his belly, on his chest, on his back, on his arms. It was starting to come out the, the neck of his shirt. And I was just like, how – how does this happen? And so everything I did, he was moving and I was getting poop on my hands, poop on my elbows, poop got on the wall. I was just like, I don't, ah, and how do I get bibbed overalls off of him? Because there's poop in everything. And so I'm like, how do you do bibs and a shirt? And like, they open it from the bottom. So I don't want to pull it over his head. Cause then he had poop in his hair. And it was just, I mean, poop galore. So I'm freaking out. And I'm just like, uh, Abby, her friend that, live there i was like hey, i don't i don't know what to do she goes oh don't worry we went through this last week take him to the tub we'll turn the tub on we'll wash it all off it'll be fine and i'm just like it's everywhere <laughs> <laughs> just like something out of a movie like yeah. it's it's on the ceiling i don't know how and uh but so we we chucked him in the tub we sprayed him down and and you know he still i think we still kept the the oshkosh bagashes but uh but yeah we got him cleaned up but that was like my biggest like scary after that you know i've caught puke in my hand my wife got puked on twice just last week where she was like ah get him he's puked all over me and just picked him up and got him to linoleum so he could puke there i'm like i don't want to clean carpet just throw up here buddy you'll be all right and you know it just you get so much more mellow about all the craziness that can happen but that was like my first like yikes what do I do? I don't, I'm, I've broken this child. I don't. <laughs> so that, that's probably one of my funniest stories that I have as far as the fatherhood piece goes so far. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good one. Uh, I can yeah, see, I, I'm I, glad you like it. Me, me knowing you, I, I can, I could probably see you freaking out. And, and to be honest, oh, if, it, if it were me and, and the poop was everywhere, I would probably be trying to find the linoleum to puke on. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, uh, no, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad we've had to have this conversation, and you've got to yeah, man. share a little bit about the stay-at-home dad life. Uh, hopefully, somebody can take uh, some information from it, and, yeah, and, hopefully uh, so, and learn from it, and say, hey, it's okay. Uh, Josh from the Well Dad Gun Podcast, he's a uh, he's a stay-at-home dad. I can be one too. Yeah, so, man. Yeah, maybe um, you could start your own podcast along with it. You know, it's yeah. Uh... <laughs> But uh, no, I'm glad that, glad you was able to come on with me. But we finally got it worked out to where we could uh, 
that uh, we could do it. And I know that uh, you've uh, just encouraged me, and I, I've talked to you. I guess has it been close to a year now? Last time, the first time I talked to you about it. Uh, Possibly so. Yeah, it's been a while, and and then uh, you know some other folks here in uh, Martin County came out with uh, their podcast, and I didn't want to kind of seem like a bandwagoner and jumping on what everybody else was doing, and he was like, and "No, man." I- then just, I called you out on your bull crap. <laughs> yeah, just just go with it. Just go with it, you said. And uh, coming up with the name and stuff, uh, you know, it, the, the the Slop House came from a joke, really, Slop House Ramblings. Uh, you know, we, we just purchased this home here a little over a year ago, and it has a pool and stuff. And I told him I'm going to build me an outdoor uh, kitchen area where I can grill and stuff because I love to do barbecue and, yeah. smoke food and stuff and uh, a friend of ours she paints uh, door hangers and stuff and I told her I wanted a sign of a big fat hog laying in a hammock with swimming trunks and uh, sunglasses <laughs> on saying welcome to the slop house <laughs> so when we were thinking of a name and I texted with you and, and you sent me some back and uh, mm-hmm. and stuff so uh, uh, you're just as much as part of getting this on the on the go as I guess I have been Hey, man, I, I got to say, I'm super excited that you're getting this stuff kicked off. I'm super excited to get to be a part of it, uh, especially early on in your in your show right now. Uh, I know it's going to take off, and it's going to do great things. And, and I, I just hope I can keep on encouraging you to keep on keeping on with it. Uh, podcasts are a big thing. A lot of people do them. But I tell you what, it's so much, it's so much therapy to put this stuff out there for others to hear. Uh, I don't like to post things on Facebook, but I tell you what, I love to talk about pooping my pants and everything on a podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll air my dirty laundry, uh, skid marks and all. It doesn't matter, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but no, I just I wanted to publicly thank you for that and uh, your support. And uh, so we finally this uh, I guess will be my second episode of my own show, and then you know there'll be my third under my belt because I was on your show once, and. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, just want to publicly thank you. Uh, hopefully uh, we can uh, mingle again on podcast and hopefully not, it's not too far off where you visit again and we'll have something else to talk about. Yeah, uh, man. Cause you're a great storyteller. You really are. I love the way you're right. able to tell stories and stuff, but uh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. So I just want to thank you for being on. Thanks for all your help of uh, helping me get going here. The motto here at the slop house is the trough is always full. You never know what you're going to get. Life is just like that. As a listener, I want to challenge you to get out and find out about the people around you. Find out what their story is. It could be the people you work with, the people you go to school with, the people you go to church with, the people you work out in the gym, and the list could go on and on. Those people have a unique story. Find out about those people. Listen to their experiences. They may challenge you in a way that you never thought. They may inspire you like you've never been inspired. And they may help you in a situation that you're going through. Every day is full of ups and downs. It's just like a hog trough. It gets sloppy at times. The people around you are really what matters. They're the people that can help carry you through for another day. So until we come back again here at the Slop House Ramblings, get out and find out about those people around you. Thanks for listening.